0: I ended up with four Thanksgivings, so I'm ready for a diet. But seriously, I think, you know, Greg Miller, I don't think he's here today, but for our House Church Thanksgiving, he's perfected the second annual Turbacon,
1: where he actually rolls
0: back the skin and puts strips of bacon in there. Might not be the healthiest thing, but it does taste good. Bacon and turkey. That's our kind of turkey bacon, so... Um, and there's plenty of football on Thanksgiving, so it's, it's a good holiday. Um, well, thanks for, thanks for coming. We're going to continue on with a series called Crazy Love, just on some love stories in the Bible and, and things we can take from them. So we're going to talk about Isaac and Rebecca today. Um, it's kind of roughly titled A Match Made in Heaven, just to see how God brings together two people and how they trust Him in it. Uh, So why don't we pray and then we'll get into the series here. God, we thank You for today. Um, Just even in light of Thanksgiving this week, God, we just praise You um, for how You've blessed us, God, how You've given to us, God, how You've blessed us with this church family, God, You've blessed us with this country. Um, We just praise You. We just ask you to meet us here this morning. God, that you'd speak to each of us through your word. Uh, really refine what you want each person to take away. Help us just be people that hear your word and obey it. And really just walk forward with faith, uh, particularly in its areas it relates to relationships and uh, love in our lives, Lord. Amen. All right. If you want to open your Bible to Genesis 24. It'd be wonderful. It's right here to start. I don't know if page but... It's so the first book in the Bible, so should be able to find it. So we're going to read through the chapter here and really just focus in on their love story and how they come together here. So you may just be keeping that in mind as we read through it here. Abraham was now old and well-advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the chief servant in his household, the one in charge of all he had, Put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear to the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant asked him, What if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from? Make sure that you do not take my son back there, Abraham said. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me an oath, saying to your offspring, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, so that you can get a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and left, taking with him all kinds of good things from his master. He set out from Aaron, Neharim, and made his way to the town of Nahor. He had the camels kneel down near the water and went outside the town. It was toward evening, the time when women would go out to draw water. Then he prayed, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, give success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to the girl, Please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, "Drink, and I will water your camels too." Let her be the one who you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he had finished praying, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Melcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin; no man had ever lain with her. She went down to the spring and filled up her jar and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hand and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well for more water, and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring, weighing a becca, and two gold bracelets, weighing ten shekels. Then he said, Whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She answered them, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, born to Nahor. And she added, We have plenty of straw and fodder as well as room for you to spend the night. Then the man bowed down and worshipped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. The girl ran and told her mother's household about these things. Now Rebekah had a brother named Laban, and he hurried out to the man at the spring. As soon as he had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's arm and had heard Rebecca tell what the man had said to her, he went out to the man and found him standing by the camels near the spring. Come, you who are blessed by the Lord, he said. Why are you standing out here? I have prepared a house and a place for the camels. So the man went to the house and the camels were unloaded. Straw and fodder were brought for the camels and water for him and his men to wash their feet. Then food was set before him. But he said, I will not eat until I told you what I have had to say. Then tell us, Laban said. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly. And he has become wealthy. He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, men servants and maid servants, and camels and donkeys. My master's wife Sarah has borne him a son in her old age, and he has given him everything he owns. And my master made me swear on an oath, saying, You must not get a wife for my son and from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live. But go to my father's family and to my own clan and get a wife for my son. Then I asked my master, What if the woman will not come back with me? He replied, The Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you and make your journey a success so that you can get a wife for my son, from my own clan, and from my father's family. Then when you go to my clan, you will be released from my oath. And if they refuse to give it to you, you will be released from my oath. When I came to the spring today, I said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, if you will, please grant success to the journey on which I have come. See, I am standing beside this spring. If a maid comes out to draw water, I say to her, Please let her drink a little water from your jars. And if she says to me, Drink, and I'll draw water for your camels too, let her be the one the Lord has chosen for my master's son. Before I finished praying in my heart, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulders. She went down to the spring and drew water, and I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jar from your shoulders and said, drink, and I'll water your camels too. So I drank, and she watered the camels also. I asked her, whose daughter are you? She said, the daughter of Bethuel, son of Nahor, whom Milka bore to him. Then I put the ring in her nose and the bracelet on her arms, and I bowed down and worshipped the Lord. I praise the Lord, God of my master Abraham, who had led me on the right road to get the granddaughter of my master's brother for his son. Now if you will show me kindness and faithfulness to my master, tell me. And if not, tell me, so I may know which way to turn. Laban and Bethuel answered, This is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or other. Here is Rebekah. Take her and go, and let her become the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed When Abraham's servant heard what they said, he bowed down to the ground before the Lord. Then the servant brought out gold and silver jewelry and articles of clothing and gave them to Rebekah. And he also gave costly gifts to her brother and to her mother. Then he and the man who were with him ate and drank and spent the night there. When they got up the next morning, he said, send me on my way to my master. But her brother and her mother replied, let the girl remain with us ten days or so. Then you may go. But he said to them, Do not detain me now that the Lord has granted success to my journey. Send me on my way so that I can go to my master. Then he said, Let's call the girl and ask her about it. So they called Rebecca and asked her, Will you go with this man? I will go, she said. So they sent their sister Rebecca on her way, along with her nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, O oh, sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands, May your offspring possess the gates of their enemies. Then Rebekah and her maids got ready and mounted their camels and went back with the man. So the servant took Rebekah and left. Now Isaac had come from Lehi Roy, for he was living in the Negev. He went out to the field one evening to meditate, and as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. Rebekah also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked the servant, who is this man in the field coming to meet us? He is my master, the servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. Then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother Sarah, and he married Rebekah. So she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. All right. a beefy chapter there, but we're going to focus in on specifically what God had in their relationship together and bringing them um, bringing them together. And as we look at it, the first question I'm going to ask as we think about this area of our lives, specifically if you're single today, are you trusting God for a spouse? Are you trusting God with that decision? Um, I think this is a scenario where we see Isaac trusting God. We see Abraham trusting God on on behalf of Isaac, looking for a spouse. We'll look at a few ways that they display faith and trust God in it. Um, One of the first things I noticed is that they didn't look... When they went to look for her, they didn't look in the wrong places. I think they were very wise in where the servant went to look for a wife. Um talks about when they get into the land, they got there, they had a lot of decisions in where they could have gone to look for him. But it says that he went to the water where the women were working at night and drawing water. There's a lot of other places he probably could have got an easier sell and a lady to bring back for Isaac at some kind of bar or a dance or, or somewhere. But he went where the women were working and working hard. And it was even at the end of the day, it says, so it was probably women working overtime. Um, I ask that in your life, if you're single and you're looking for a spouse, where are you looking? I think of that, the decision they made, uh, that the servant made. Where are you looking? Is it in the wrong places? I think in times of my life where I was looking in the wrong places. um, I wasn't leaving this decision to God. Uh, I was looking in... Um, Out at parties drinking and and at school and people I'd meet. And I was dating and I had very worldly bad results in my relationships at that point in my life. They were immoral. They weren't very deep and last. Um, And that was kind of my experience out just looking at what the world was doing. And I made a decision um, to trust God in a different way. I'm going to talk through Sarah and I's story a little bit as we go through. This, But I made a decision to um, break up with my girlfriend when I was 18 and and started following God and said, you know, I'm not going to date until you bring a wife along, someone that I can pursue in that way. Um, I think another thing in this story that stuck out to me is that the servant looks for a particular kind of woman for Isaac. Um, He could have just brought anyone back. It doesn't even say specifically that there was that much he was bound to as far as what kind of woman it could be. He had to go back and get someone from his own country. But um, there was some... Uh, Abraham had been told that his son should marry someone from his own people, but the his son should stay in the land. So his master goes back to find someone, or the servant does, and... It talks about um, who the servant was looking for. If you look in uh, verse 16, it says, The girl was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever lain with her. Uh, She was a woman of character. He was specifically praying for a woman that was working overtime, like we talked about. I was encouraged by that, that he was waiting for a woman that was of great character. And I thought about that in my own life, that there's all kinds of people we could go after, that we could marry. And it's one of the biggest decisions we have in our life. And I know in my own life, God started to put in my heart that maybe there's more than just whoever I could find to marry, whoever I could meet at the bar. But I specifically waited for a woman... Uh, to marry that was a woman of character, that was a woman that was following God, a woman that would join me in the work of following God. And um, I think my own life, I had a list I have it in my wallet still. I showed it to Sarah at some point that I wrote out some things that if I was going to marry someone, it looks like this. It's taped because I wrote it a lot of years ago. But I wrote down, this is the kind of woman I would marry. And if someone comes along that I start liking and she doesn't fit those requirements, she's out of the picture because I want to keep following God and I want a woman to come along that would meet that. Um, you know, Tom Short talks about this too. and He talks about, and Rick, have both talked about it. I know Rick uh, just talks about just bringing someone along with you uh, that is a good character. And the, Tom Short says, you know, if you want to marry someone like that, you also need to be someone like that. He says, if you want to marry a 10, you need to be a 10. And there's a, there's a booklet in the back that Rick wrote called Are You Ready to Get Married? That's on the table. At the start of the day, I had one with me that I was going to show you and it's now gone. But you may just think through, that book talks about 10 things for men to think about and 10 things for women to think about if they're going to get married. And... You may just think about um, just some of those things in your own life as far as uh, what a person you would want to marry would look like and what a person, I mean, what you would, should be like if you want to get married and bless a wife or a husband down the road. Another thing that struck out to me about Isaac in this situation is that he was patient. Um, the next chapter... It talks about when they start having kids. mentions that when they got married, he was 40 years old. I'm encouraged that he didn't go off on his own and take things into his own hand, but let God develop the situation and bring a wife from his own people. He could have gone out and tried to find one. He could have returned to the land when God said that he should stay where he was, but... He trusted God in that. Um, it's kind of cool if you look at uh, verse, you know, verse. verse, verse, uh, oh, verse five. Abraham tells his servant to go find a woman to bring back for his wife, for his son. And in verse 5, I think this is a kind of cool picture of the faith that his servant had, that Isaac had, that I think Abraham had in this situation. That God had a purpose in this plan. He had a specific woman in this plan, even. Um, I'll back up a little bit. In verse 4, When Abraham gives him this instruction, he says, Go go to my own country, and my relatives, and get a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant asks him, What if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I take your son back to the country you came from? It struck out to me that Abraham said to go get a wife, and the servant said, What if that woman, what if the woman is not willing to come back? And I'm reminded that God has one specific person that's for each of us. And in this case, he had faith that if he goes and he found that woman and she wouldn't come back, well, that was the one. There's only one there. And I think that was encouraging to think about, um, that God has a plan in our lives, and we can't screw it up. We can't mess it up, but there's one person. That was something I hung on to for a lot of years in my own life. I trusted God with a spouse when I was 18 and started getting a little older. I didn't start dating until I was 27. So we do the math. Not 27. Yeah, 27. And if you do the math, it was about nine years of kind of waiting and not dating. And there was a lot of people in my life that kind of have those bad counselors around sometimes that said, how are you ever going to get married if you don't date? You're now getting into your mid to late 20s, and uh, you're holding on to this not dating thing and waiting for God to provide a wife. How's that going? And uh, there's a lot of people that kind of called me foolish for doing that. Um, but I held on to the fact that God has something for me. I know one verse I need to turn there, but I'll just share real quick is in Romans eight. Um uh, Romans eight twenty eight says, we know in all things God works for the good of those who have loved him and have been called according to his purpose. And in verse 32 it says, He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. Will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? You know, along in my life, I took my trust that um, I could trust God with salvation. This was an area I could trust him with too. If he didn't spare his son, would he not uh, graciously give us all things? And that was a verse I hung on to and waiting for a wife along the way. And and God really worked it out, but he did graciously give me all things with Sarah and, and providing a wonderful wife. Um, I appreciated Andrew's thought. Maybe I needed to have him give a little segment today, but of Psalm 2714. Just, I, I appreciate your thought, brother, just on wait patiently for the Lord. Um, I think that's a good thought, just to, to think there. If you're single and you wonder, is God going to do this? When is it going to happen? How old am I now? What's the math? I appreciate Andrew's thought. Wait patiently on the Lord. That God has a plan in that situation if we wait for Him. Um. One other area I wanted to to focus in on in the relationship was kind of how they stepped into it together. So there's a the story of the faith they're applying just in looking and how God brought it about and then I think Isaac and Rebecca both showed actions that they showed great faith in walking into their marriage together. Um, If you look at verse 58, look there. um, You know, the servant shows up at the door and kind of presents this whole thing. And, you know, if we take it in context of the situation, Isaac wasn't to return to that land, so the chances was if she left her family, she was never going to go back there so she'd probably never see her father again, her family, if she went with with Isaac. And uh, verse 58 says, so they called Rebekah and asked her, will you go with this man? I will go, she said. And the rest is history. She went back. But she showed great faith there. I think of uh, in Genesis 2.24. talks about Earlier, just God's plan for marriage. And he says a man, God says a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. I think this story is a perfect example of that. That Rebecca, walking into marriage, literally left her father and mother and her land and her family to go with this man in marriage. She left her life behind and took his on. And I think that's just a wonderful picture of faith of walking into marriage, that you actually leave your life behind and walk into that. And then if we look at Isaac and his example, so Rebecca finally goes back and verse 66, it says, The servant told Isaac all that he had done. So the servant comes back. He has his girl sitting in the caravan somewhere in a little camper waiting out in the buggy. And she's put her veil down. And he relates to her how this is the woman that God has provided and the circumstances and how God has answered prayers. That we know he's never met her. Um, But it says Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother Sarah and he married Rebecca. So she became his wife and he loved her. I appreciate his heart too. I think it would have been easy for him in this situation to say, I want to go back to the land. I want to check out all the women around there. I want to date a few of them for a few years. I want to get to know her two years. And then I'll marry her if that's God's plan. doesn't sound too unreasonable, but he trusted in what God had set up that the servant went out and brought this girl back and he married her. And I think that's a cool example of... um, We talked about how the the wife left her land. Well, the man stepped up to the plate. Isaac stepped up to the plate here and he he provided for her and went to the route of marriage. I think that's a good example for us um, as men that we don't just play around. He didn't want to play around for two years. He didn't want to check things out. He didn't want to sleep with her and see how things went. He didn't want to do any of that. When it was time to get married and the girl was there, he stepped up to the plate of commitment and married her. And that's a good a good picture right there. I think uh you know, another thing about their story I think really illustrates a New Testament example here. I read you another verse if you going to write down Colossians three, eighteen and nineteen. It says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. We talked about that verse in other scenarios, but um, Rebecca was such a great example of submitting to her husband, of leaving her life and taking on Isaac's life, of submitting her will to his, of going with him, of leaving her father and mother and going with Isaac. And I'll have an encouragement for the ladies and the men. Specifically, um, if you're married, I just thought of some of these examples here. For the wife, I think the easy thing there is um, to try to impose your own life upon your husband. Um, I appreciated her heart of leaving behind what was there, leaving behind her life, of leaving her father and mother and going with him. And in Colossians it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. And there's a great example there that she left and she went and she submitted. And likewise, it talks about in verse 67 that when she came with him, that he loved her. And there's that example. It says in Colossians, there's that same thing. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. God gives us his wife and we're commanded to love her. And I think I was convicted of thinking about this story, even as a married man. That um, do we continue to see our wife as God's provision along the way? I know if you're anything like me, when you're thinking about marrying a girl and you're engaged to her and you're proposing, she was perfect and you were excited, and it was God's provision. And along the way, it's easy to it's easy to try to focus on the negatives and, and some of those things. But I was reminded that. God calls us today. Husbands love your wives. Husbands love your wives in ten years, in another twenty years. Husbands love your wives, and there's no exceptions there. And I was just thinking through this. For me, thinking, um, you know, whether or not, excuse me, that God has that example for us to keep loving. And as I thought Sarah was the perfect woman and I wanted to marry her when I got engaged to her, she's still the perfect wife for me today in that example. And I was encouraged with that, just thinking to the future that God does put us with our spouse, whatever your story looked like, that it's the perfect person and to be thankful. Um, I was thinking of uh, just attitudes we can have. I know I was talking to some coworkers this week at work. And we were talking about Thanksgiving plans and if we were all working at the end of the week. And um, I mentioned that I was going to work Friday because my wife Sarah had to work and I wasn't just going to sit at home alone for a vacation day after Thanksgiving. And a couple of them just took that as any opportunity to badmouth their wife as much as they could at work and said, well, if it was me, I would never take a vacation day to sit at home when my wife was there. I would only take it when I could be home alone. I mean, that's just a waste of a day if you have to go be home with your wife. Yeah, how long have you been married? I mean, you actually want to be home with your wife? What's the problem with that? And they just kind of took this as an opportunity. And and I just kind of stopped and said, well, I like to be home with my wife. That's a wonderful thing. (laughs) And, you know, God God wants us to continue to be thankful and to be loving one another uh, and continue to have that picture-perfect marriage of a match made in heaven and I was reminded with that that, boy, in the world, that's not the case at all. That you know the results that are getting out there is that people don't want to be home with their wife. That five years into marriage, two years into marriage, a year into marriage, they're arguing. They don't remember why they married them. They feel stuck. Well, God's given us something so different as you wait for God to provide a spouse. And it's the perfect spouse in His plan. If you take that thankfulness in there, my, how it's different of the people of God. One more example in this that is off the topic of marriage a little bit, but I was just encouraged. Um, The servant was such a blessing to Abraham. He was such an example in how he served him. I know Rich shared a similar example of uh, the story of Boaz and and the guy that didn't want to step up and and redeem uh, Ruth or Naomi. and uh, Just a guy, an example that wasn't a blessing to his master, wasn't a blessing to those around him. I thought, why not highlight a guy that was such a blessing? Um, I keep getting myself out of Genesis here. This guy. Verse 2 talks about how the servant was the chief servant in his household and the one in charge of all that he had. This man had trust with Abraham and Abraham had given him uh, just communion and demand over the stuff, over his his, uh, family and uh, his stuff and his household. And I was just encouraged by his example. So he goes out on this mission, obviously, to find a wife for Isaac. And... It's easy, it's easy to see that his response could have been, I'm going to go into town, I'm going to find the first woman I see, I'm going to get back, I don't care, it's Abraham's son, it's not my wife. But he went in to bless his master and do the best he could. He gets into town and the first thing he did, it's verse 12 says, Then he prayed, O Lord God of my master Abraham, give success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside the spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a girl, please let down your jar, that I may have a drink. And she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one who you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know you have shown kindness to my master. I was encouraged by his example, that the first thing he did when he got into town was pray for Abraham, Pray that God would bless Abraham, that God would bless his son, that he would make his mission successful to be a blessing, that he'd bring back um, a good wife for Isaac, and specifically had some ways that God would answer and bring that gal about. I think he went above and beyond for his master. That, um, Like I said earlier, he went to a place where he found a, a gal that was working late, uh, was a hard worker, and would really be a woman of character and a blessing. Abraham didn't specifically say to do that. To me, it looks like the servant did his best to find the best wife he possibly could, the one that was right in God's provision, and bring it back. And I was thinking, too, about his example, that he wasn't trying to overthrow Abraham along the way. He wasn't trying to steal power from him, but it looked like just be a blessing to him. He's, grant, he's praying that God would bring success to his master um, and show kindness to his master and bring success so that we have a blessing to Abraham. It's just a lot different from what I see in the world. Um, I ask you today, are you being a blessing? Are you being a blessing to your authorities like that? Are you being a blessing to the ones you serve, to your boss? to someone at school, or your teachers? Your, um, are you being a blessing in some of those situations to your husband, to your pastor? Um, I was encouraged by their examples. Do you pray for them? Do you try to make them successful in what they're doing? Or do you try to overthrow them? Or are you trying to take over power from someone? Um, I was thinking of an example at work is uh, our, our boss has... Of our whole department has this corner office that has this good view of the Capitol, and it's on the corner. We're right downtown. I work for the courts. And um, heard the story of a guy that was taking his wife and his mother actually on a tour of the building and walked into his office, and he was talking about how one day he was going to sit at his desk and talking about how he was going to rise up the company, and, and one day he'd sit there. And our boss was kind of joking about how this guy had ambition. He was going to take things over. And it was kind of a funny story. He shared, yeah, one day he's going to sit at my desk. You're all going to be working for him. This is the guy. And we all had a laugh about it. Um, But I thought about that's what the world is doing, is that in general you go to work to see what you can get out of it. You work as hard as you need to to get recognition. You try to do your best to get your promotion. You try to get the most money you can there's little focus on actually being a blessing to your boss, to be a blessing to your company, Um, like that servant had a heart to do. Think of uh, Colossians 3. Verse 22, Colossians 3.22 says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you, and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men. That's that's the Lord's calling us on the situation, is to obey with sincerity. Jesus even said to bless those who persecute you, even if your boss is not a very good person, and they take advantage of their employees and they yell or something. God says to bless those who persecute you. Um, I was encouraged with just taking that heart and to trying to be a blessing to the people in our lives like that servant was. Um, it's so easy to, like I said, to want to go out for our own interests and want to go out for our own promotions and money and all that stuff. But God's kingdom, He says, obey them with sincerity of heart. Bless them as with reverence for the Lord that we take a whole different aspect into those relationships. Alright, I think it's going to wrap up. We'll pray here. Uh, just remember to be just thinking about it. I'll leave you with that question specifically for the first part. Um, just to be thinking about, are you really trusting God in that area of a spouse? Or are you taking things into your own hands? Are you being discontent at it? Are you um, not holding out? Or are you not honoring God in some of those areas? There's things to think about. Um, let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. Um, we just thank you just for your word and the story. God, it's such a great love story of Isaac who just waited upon you. And God, you brought a perfect wife for him that you picked out. And, and you blessed their marriage. God, we talk about them today, of the people of Israel being the people of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God, we talk about him today and how you blessed him in the middle of there. And, uh, God, we thank you for that example. We just pray that we'd have that same trust of you, God, wherever we're at today. God, particularly uh, for those of us in this room that are single, that you'd just, uh, just really bless just our church with people that are trusting in you. That are trusting for your plan and your goodness in that and God help us uh, also that are married to to really honor our spouse and to love our spouse and to take that example as well and and God also just help us um, help us in our workplaces and help us um, with those of you set authorities in our life God truly really honor them and to bless them uh, and to go out of our way um, not to look out merely our own interest, but the interest of those you've set in authority. Uh, we pray we'd be examples of that and we'd really shine. And uh, we just thank you for today and praise the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Alrighty, well we will catch you back next week. Uh, Rich is going to do another week here on the Crazy Love series, another love story from the Bible. So uh, come back and join us again. Thanks.